0: Thank you for joining us on the uh, General Knowledge Podcast. It is, what are we, season five, uh, episode, jeez, I think we're up to about 13 now, goodness me, no, uh, 12, getting close. Season five, episode 12, and today's going to be a bit of a a good chat today. We have a guest on, but just before we introduce our guest, uh, Andy is with me for this show. Andy, how you going, mate? Thanks for coming on on uh, on a fairly brisk Saturday morning. How's things, mate?
1: Really good, general. Yeah, I had a flight test this morning. I've been flying since like five thirty this morning. So oh man,
0: geez,
1: it's been it's been a big day already. <laughs> so I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here with a coffee, like resting, chatting to chatting to you, good people.
0: And with that shirt, you go. You know what you look like. You kind of remind me of like like Indiana Jones or something who's just been flying a plane. That's what you kind of remind me of. Yeah, well done. It's a
1: bit. It's a bit like that actually, bouncing, <laughs> bouncing around in a small airplane, like yeah. you know, weaving between you know valleys and hills and stuff. So oh, it's
0: fantastic. Good stuff, yeah. mate. Well. Um- Good to have you on for this one. We'll um we'll throw it around the table and ask our guests a few questions and stuff. But uh we might as well introduce her right now and get the show underway. Today we're actually joined by Grandmother Malara, who's uh joining us to have a chat a bit about this upcoming referendum, uh, what they're referring to as uh, the voice to parliament. Um now there's been a lot of uh a lot of stuff going out the internet with this one, a lot of things on TV. We're seeing a big push for the ad campaigns and all that sort of stuff. So we'll We'll get into all that shortly, but Grandmother Malara, thank you very much for joining us uh, this Saturday morning, the 20th of May. Really great to have you here. Looking forward to this chat. Been thinking about it all week, actually. So thanks for coming on.
2: Thank you, General, and thank you, Andy.
0: My pleasure, my pleasure. Um, well, um, let's let's kick the interview off, actually, shall we? Um, obviously, we sort of just prefaced it a little bit there with what we're trying to talk about here. Again, the big push we're seeing from the media, there's lots of... Um, Ad campaigns we're seeing there's I've been seeing a few billboards around as well. You know, there's this big push to have this this referendum to make sure that the uh the indigenous folk, the aboriginal people of this land, are going to be coming under the inclusion of uh our constitution because apparently they're not. And uh, yeah, it's it's a big deal, apparently, that they're not. That's what they're telling us. But before we get into all that, let's just find out a little bit about yourself, there, uh, Grandmother Malara. Thank you again for coming on. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and who you are, and how you sort of came about all this.
2: Well, I'm a, I hold a seniority in grandmother as a grandmother law holder, knowledge holder, wisdom keeper for uh, the First Nations, well, uh, Aboriginal law. I don't hold it for Torres Strait Islander, but it's for Aboriginal law and. Um, uh, that's come to me through over 50 years of sit, what we say sitting at the feet of my elders. But the elders that I sat at the feet of were the senior law women all through Australia. Bit of an unusual situation. Ordinarily you would be, you would be taught the law and taken through initiation and taken through ceremony uh, in your own mob. But in my case, uh, I didn't know who my mob was at the time. But I was seen, if you like, seen by those senior women who then took me under their wing and made sure that I got training and uh, the, the law was sung into me essentially uh, over those years and I had to sit with women all over Australia in their country to hear from them about this time of the new dreaming and about the teachings that they were giving me, and it didn't matter how many times I heard it, it was all oral teaching, and I always heard something new each time I I sat with them. So it was a long-time training uh, so that, you know, to, to come in with that law is far more important, I feel, than the colonial law. So I also have a colonial law degree, a Juris Doctor in Law, and I did that because I needed to understand how does that colonial law work and how have we been tricked? Mm. I look back now and I think, my goodness, talk about the timing of having both laws. It's right now.
0: Yeah, fantastic. That's uh, a really good understanding that you've got there because, again, you've got this, I guess, in a sense, it's almost natural law, this this uh, the elders have been passing on to you. for And it's been coming down the line for generations, obviously. This is... You know it, it's a history that you've been now opened up to and you you've you've brought on board as well but of course then you've gone well I need to I need to work out what these mongrels are doing to us and when we'll work out the trickery and everything else because uh, again a lot of people who listen to this show probably already know this but you know there's there's common law there's the law of the land and there's this sort of Mercantile you know Admiralty you know law of trade and stuff that that, that we're, we're under as well and that's pretty much what the world is under too except for the, I guess the people, the, the Indigenous people of this land, because they were never sort of brought into that, you know what I mean? They have their own law.
2: We hold the law of the land. Exactly. Or maritime law or admiralty law is the law of the sea.
0: Correct. That's exactly right. And that's what they're under. It's like, it's basically trade law, isn't it? It's a, it's, a, it's law commerce. of commerce. Correct. That's exactly right. Um, and people don't really understand the distinction as well, that everything around us is based on this sort of, this law of, of, of um, commerce, you know, this Admiralty law, you know, the, our councils, our, our government, it's all based on law. And that's why, you know, um, even even the, the Commonwealth of Australia is now a registered entity in um, with the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, in the US, you know what I mean? We're, they're a business and they have stakeholders, don't they?
2: The same with all law enforcement agencies. Yeah, there you go. Every government it, 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 in our country, they're all corporations listed on the U.S. Securities Exchange.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. It's a real big deep dive into things like the straw man argument and all that sort of stuff, which we're not really going to get into on this particular show. But hopefully, I mean, I'm pretty sure most of our listeners have an understanding of, of those concepts as well, which will come in handy. Um, now, Grandmother Malara, I actually first heard of you when I watched that video of you, um, which which went viral. I'll put a link in the show notes as well for the folks who are listening so they can go and check that one out if they haven't seen it already. Um, in that, like I said, that video went viral where you were basically raising alarm bells about the voice to parliament. Um, now, why do you feel that you needed to make such a video? What was the big alarm? Well, like,
2: yeah, like you said in the introduction, there's a lot of you know, uh, a discussion, um, information out there about the voice, and I thought, no one's talking about this bit, which was that parliament has sovereignty, which is a furphy, but they've created that through this um, corporation that they created from 1973 and made Parliament the, the king, the boss of us. So the Parliament is sovereign. And I remember when I learnt that in constitutional law as one of the subjects I did, I went, wait a minute, what do you mean Parliament's sovereign? And all they could say is, well, Parliament's sovereign in this particular context of colonial law that's now become a corporatisation. So what we are being asked to vote on is the charter to the corporation. It's not the original constitution at all. The original constitution had nothing to do with a corporation. Now we have a corporation with a charter that's mirrored 90% of the original constitution, but there's things significant things that are different that make it a corporation that we're voting to. We don't, the Aboriginal people, we don't want to be contracting with the government and being forced to uh, cede our sovereignty, to give it up, to force them being boss of us. That's that's just not going to happen. We don't want it. Um, it, ha- it will make no difference to uh, the plight of our Indigenous people in this country and it, w- it will divide people for sure. And it seems to be a money-making creation for uh for the corporate blacks and for those that that um that are already got i suspect their nose in the trough mm. of coffers yeah. it has nothing to do with the first nations people themselves it has nothing to do with us having our own say in parliament that's not gonna happen and it's also not gonna happen that it'll improve anything in our life it's actually gonna make it worse what it's attempting to do is taking away it's trying to say parliament will be sovereign not not us of mm. land that's that's the trick and then when that happens it means all land titles will be dissolved yours as well as our land title of the whole of this country we're standing against that
0: wow so it's definitely a massive swindle isn't it because
2: big, big. Yeah. Yeah,
0: one one has to wonder because we've we've gone on for this long for 200 odd years without the indigenous folks being included in the constitution of Australia or which whichever version we want to refer to the 1901 or the the current <laughs> the current one which shouldn't be to be honest but um so it, it makes it's kind of you know what's the big? I'm just sort of wondering, like I wonder what the big deal is, you know, from from a standpoint of why all of a sudden do they want to have them in there now? Like, um, is this because is this to do with to this big over. land grab?
2: Yes, yes, yes. They want to take over the whole of the country and not have to defer to the original um, custodians of this land. We don't actually own the land; the land owns us. We are the land. The land is us. They slipped in owner through the native title legislation so that they would have somebody to trade with. We we will always be the custodians of this country and the spiritual law that we all fall under. And so the the big issue here is it is a ruse. The person who came up with the idea of The Voice was a fellow called Mark Liebler. He is a Jewish-Australian, and he's, he heads up the Jewish-Israel and uh, Australian um, Assembly, or whatever they call themselves, Confederation. He was a co-chair of the Reconciliation Council. He is a heavy-duty lobbyist of the government. And as co-chair, why well, was he co-chair, <laughs> one wonders, of the Reconciliation mm-hmm. Commission? But as co-chair, he brought in, he had the idea of the voice as a way to... Um, uh, find a way for people to say, yes, 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 we'll agree to Parliament being sovereign, not our black people. He is a member of the World Economic Forum.
0: That doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, quite fitting. Um, and look, we're not going to sit here and, and bash people from other countries, but it just seems to be quite fitting that there's some sort of Jewish lobby money behind this that's pushing this forward, you know what I mean? Um it doesn't surprise me at all, to be honest. I have, I did see a meme that popped up recently where I think it was that gentleman um, that you mentioned and a few other gentlemen who are all behind it, and all of them were all Jewish men as well. It makes you wonder, like where, where are the indigenous folks who was who should who should be behind this? You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. about and that, them, and yet there's none of them re- representing. <laughs>
2: oh. And any of the indigenous people who were involved, there were only five people who wrote the Uluru statement, and the indigenous people who were behind that also have Jewish um, support. So it's very intricate other, other than to say it didn't happen the way that the government are trying to tell us. The signatures were signatures on a blank canvas. That. I've actually got a photo of that. Wow. Where They're all signing around nothing, blank canvas. And then they put these five people came up with this. the voice, uh, text, put it in there, put it on there. I mean, would you be signing a blank check? I don't. No think so.
0: way. So, how did they swindle them to do this? Did they not know any better? Like, uh, there you go, greasing the wheels with a bit of the
2: uh... money, honey.
0: Oh my goodness, it always seems to be the way, doesn't it? You know, uh, throw, throw enough money at everything, and they'll just sign anything.
2: Yeah, and I sat with tribal people um, last year in the central desert, and there were like there were a lot of us. There was like about ninety-ish nations represented. And there were some people there who genuinely went to the uh, reconciliation, to to the convention at Uluru and said, look, we, um," or Alice Springs, wherever it was held, you know, they wanted to have a say. They were tribal elders, paid for their own way, and they did not get listened to. In fact, they said they had to walk out because they had just not been listened to and were being disrespected. And the whole point there is that the tribal people themselves can't even get a word in. And so what do you think the voice is going to do? That's just going to really shut it down.
0: Yeah. Look, to me, that's another example. We bang on this about this quite a lot on this show is that to me is an absolute, another example of an inversion of reality. You know, they're trying to push this to tell us that this reality is, oh, look, we need a voice for the Indigenous people. We're going to give them a voice to Parliament, a little bit of voice, yet they will not listen to their voice. You know what I mean? Look, it's just right there. It's another example yet again, Andy, isn't it? You know, Um now, I just wanted to, to go back on that video that you made and I, I appreciate you talking about it as well but the um what are your thoughts on the impact that the video has had uh and the reaction that it's garnering because like I said it went viral it was quite a powerful quite a powerful video
2: I was just I was astonished I was astonished like I think I last looked at 53 uh, 63,000 views mm. and going strong and that was only 4 weeks ago I put that out
0: and that's only it's- on one platform too. You know, yeah. It would be 10 times that I, I guarantee it because everyone shares, like they'll screen record it and they'll share it in things like, you know, Telegram channels and whatever else, you know what I mean? It is spreading out everywhere, that thing.
2: And yet, you know, it was a simple, I did one take, one take. <laughs> just, I just knew what I had to say. Yeah. I wanted to get that really simple message out. And I haven't, you know, included everything else that we're talking about now, but it's all underneath it. I wanted people to understand, and I think spirit was really pushing me here, our ancestors were really pushing me to get that out there because I could speak about both laws and I could put it in a way, uh, and the idea of using the hat came through, I don't know, sleeping, dreaming one night, and I thought, oh, that's a good way to show how how, it, how it's different. Mm and get people to really think and to have the conversation about actually what what are we, Rick? Re- what is this really about? And I have had heaps of contact from people who have just done that. They said, thank you, you've started a conversation that we didn't know we were ever going to have and we've done a bit more exploring or a lot more exploring and realised that it isn't what we're being told. And I thought, excellent. I didn't really want to tell people what to do but I did need to unveil, peel away, what all the illusion of it is, and that, and for people to realise that parliamentary sovereignty is what the thats what we're under now as a as a corporate government. We don't want to be part of that. We're not going to be part of that. All of the tribal um, elders and the who are not the blacks, by the corporate blacks, and the those of us that hold seniority in law and there's a lot of us all around this country, we are all holding a spiritual energy together that this will go away. We're actually saying we want no referendum because what's the bet that if they still have a referendum, that they'll rig it. Yeah. And we yeah. don't want that either. We're saying no referendum, no to the voice, no referendum.
0: Because, I mean, look, it, it again, it just strikes me as... To Be honest, uh, the way I see it is it's completely unnecessary because if an indigenous person wanted to have a voice or whatever, then they could honestly, you know, they wanted to go through that system, as in you know, the colonial system, like you refer to it as Mm -hmm. well, they could become a representative of their local area, they could be they could get voted in, they could become a minister of parliament, and this it's not like it hasn't happened before, you know what I mean? They could. Literally be 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 voted in as a senator even you know what I mean and they could literally have that voice right there and speak for people like any other person could. Well, so, I, I mean, think they are. You know I think what I mean? <laughs> like
2: Eleven parliamentarians.
0: Exactly. That's so, what I'm saying. So yeah. so are you it's like it's like the government now is telling us that they don't have a voice yet there are people in there indigenous folks with a voice doing doing you know. Work for their people, you know. Like it just strikes me as completely unnecessary.
2: And the interesting thing is, if the government say that Indigenous people don't have a voice, but they've got Indigenous parliamentarians, does that mean though that those parliamentarians don't have a voice? Yeah. If they don't have a voice, what do you reckon the rest of us? get What's going to happen? Nothing. <laughs>
0: uh, and they they did something similar in New Zealand too. Do you do you recall? Do you know anything about that? The the um what was it called again? The
2: Waitangi Treaty. Waitangi
0: tangi Treaty. That's the one. That's the one.
2: Yeah. Apparently, it went backwards for the people. Yeah. It benefited. It only benefited the elites, Maori, and it uh, the 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 all the rest. It's gone backwards. The government didn't follow through on what they promised. No surprises there. And in fact, what they did was trade. They they were trading land and water. Um, right. You so know something, for, wasn't it? Other benefits, and it, the government came in and took the lot. So it hasn't worked. It's caused a lot of conflict. Mm. We do not want a treaty with the government. We will treaty with the people. We want the people to come to us in our area. We want them to learn our culture and our law. We want them to, to live live by the, our law and to, to sit in circle with us, be part of us. Mm-hmm. There's more of you than there are of us, but that's actually what we want. Mm. And we said this at the Tribal Council, over 90 nations present, 90 nations present, and we all agreed that that is the way forward, the Wirigen way or the New Dreaming way or white fella, black fella dreaming way. We call it different things in different parts of the continent.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's all the same. It means that we want to all walk together. We want you to walk with us under our law, mm. natural law. And any other law that comes on on top of that, so that we have the natural law, and then you have common law, is about how people interact. So two main principles under under common law, I did learn this in um, my colonial law degree. (laughs) Um, Those two principles are um, to do no harm and to love thy neighbour. In other words, to to treat your neighbour as you would want to be treated. If those two principles were followed between people, we would have a whole lot less conflict and a whole lot more loving. Yeah. And natural law is all of the continent. So it's the it's the environment, it's our other beings that we share this continent with. Our animals, our fish, our birds, our trees. Um, you know, we would we would care for country right way if we come under natural law and follow that through. So we can have both natural law. And common law operating together, common yeah, sort law of side by be, side,
0: yeah,
2: yeah. Common law is how the how the people um, can con, uh, can agree. It's an agreement between each other, and then you, you can have a common law court to arbitrate, and then we could have a we could have what I would like to say, a natural law court where you look at the environment or permission to to mine or permission to fish. Or permission, you know. You look at the and you look at the whole thing in context, not one little bit here and one little bit there. I mean, the fact that our water was sold off by the federal government to a a foreign entity was absolutely extraordinary.
3: Mm.
2: Well, what are they thinking, other than for themselves and money? That is, <laughs> when we make a decision. So, if, if I go to the environmental law type of um, natural law, we look at what would that decision, how would that decision impact on our on our people or an, on the generations to come for at least the next seven generations? Now, if you think about the original, the um, British came about seven generations ago, just to give you an idea mm-hmm. of how much time I'm talking about. So 230 years is roughly seven generations. And so what I'm saying is, We've look back that seven generations, we would actually say we need to look forward the next seven generations. We need to understand what is the impact. What is the impact of the voice vote on the next seven generations?
3: Mm.
2: will completely take away all rights to title by everyone, not just you, not just me, not just um. Black, Black, Australia. Or it'll do happen for white Australia and yellow and red as well. All of us, we will. None of us will be able to hold um, title to land, and we will be told what to do. And they can come in and mine our minerals, mine your country, and mine as they wish. They'll sell mm-hmm. off those rights. Last year alone, in WA, they provided sixty percent of the world's uh, resource for lithium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lithium mine going into my country too, so there's there's this push for resources to be to be mined out of country, but unfortunately, it's also destroyed a few of our very important sacred sites. So that would need to be considered under a natural law court Absolutely. as a
3: number
2: one priority, not not discounted, but actually say no, that's a number one priority. Our sacred sites. Our song lines, our waterways all need to be respected and kept intact. So there would be different principles around which one might make a decision. So anyway, I'm going off the track here, but that's, no, that's all that, right. That's the future I see.
0: Yeah, and that makes sense to me. I just wanted to throw to Andy, um, just pop yourself on mute there, mate. Just give me your thoughts on that as well. And and like what grandmother Malara just mentioned there. And I was going to allude to it shortly, but you kind of just spelled it out for me as well. Interesting how it all pretty much relates back to, I, I would say, big business like mining as well, you know, especially a lithium mine wanting to go in, you know.
1: My goodness, yeah, <laughs>
0: absolutely.
1: Isn't that isn't that a hot mining topic at the moment?
0: Yeah. Give us your thoughts on uh, what uh, she just mentioned about the two, look, wanting the two I, systems to run together, sort of I, common law and tribal law as well.
1: I absolutely love you know, like Grandmother uh, Malara's talk about um, natural and common law, and I agree totally. That's where humans have to like come to if we ever want to evolve. Um, this corporatization of Australia and corporatization of everything is so obvious to us you know we've been talking about it in this show for so many years now mm. and it's just ramping up and ramping up and clearly this voice agenda is just more just another tool to arrive at that agenda it's just exactly like what you said general it's just it's just a grand theft that's all it is mm. and it's and it's complete smoke and mirrors yeah. um it's you know, interesting. When,
0: it's like they 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 know they've got to go about it the right way, which is get them under the law. You know, get it under contract law, so that they have they can they can wash their hands and say you agreed to this. We're going to do whatever we want now. That's
1: what absolutely. It, you know, and yeah. and uh, you know, I think Grandmother Malara would agree with me. Like, there's been such a separation of the people of Australia. You know, especially of the over the last ten years, there's been such a division. You know you know black white gay straight man woman you know like we're all we're all one people but this this takeover wants to separate us all and put division into the hearts and minds of people out there as well mm. you know like our brothers uh, our aboriginal brothers and and all of our white brothers and sisters out there we're all one people you know but nobody ever talks like this but it's true, mm. you know, and and well, I and I and I really would lo- I really would welcome, you know, love to sit in ceremony with a lot of these people as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um,
2: we'll just throw we it back to it grandmother way.
1: Malara there. Yep, go for it, sir.
2: Yeah, we see it too. We see it that way as well. We say <laughs> for those who've moved, who've, who've um, immigrated here, we say you've come back home. So you you were all from here. And that mm. at some stage or another, you were all one of us, Aboriginal. And that's what I've been told by the senior law holders of this country in my training. And yeah. that's how we treat it. We say, Well, you you know, you come and be part of our mob. You you know, and we'll often adopt people when we give them a skin name, or you know, we see the the humanity in you. We see that mirrored you're a mirror for us we don't we're not the ones that were dividing people by the color of their skin by pigment you can see that i'm a i'm a light skin and so i've i'm not black enough for some aboriginal people so what's happened is that whole native title process has caused conflict amongst our own people so you you mentioned andy about you know black white blah blah. we've got black on black We've not only yeah. had the white colonisation, we've had the black colonisation.
3: Yeah,
2: And so yeah. those who are in, they've set up, so the the corporate government have set up land councils, to uh, which is a corporation, to then make decisions for their people, but actually they don't. They make decisions for their family um, when they're given the money for it. And that just means they're selling off countries, what we call it. And their own people are still very poor, and in fact, they're prevented from hunting on their own grounds or from fishing on their own grounds, from from being able to live as a as a free um, sovereign person themselves. Yeah. They have been. They have been. It's been worse for us. And so, what will happen if this if the vote would go through and it's and it's like we come under parliamentary sovereignty? What will happen is that all of those land councils then are all they've, they've been quite clever at this, unfortunately, in a negative way, nefarious way. They've set up all these land councils, and oh, yeah, they've got 80% of Australia's been given back to back. No, I haven't. We? we had it always. What they've done is set up a situation where, where our mob have contracted with the federal government, and they're in a way that the federal government can say, Thank you, I'll now take it all. That's what's going to happen. We don't have any rights to our own land. And one more thing, it might be that you we all come under native title. So here's the other part. If we all come under native title, under native title legislation, no one can hold private property. Wow. Not even us on our own land. It's communal land under the native title legislation. So there's another it's just every, that's another swindle isn't it like, oh yeah it's a big swindle
0: yeah
2: so okay. having getting this law degree to so doctor law degree I was sitting there going whoa I'm here and there the corporate mo- um you know model knowing full well of what that meant for our people so uh, I knew I was I was ready to speak now yeah about it.
1: no wonder it's Andy, really what were you going to say there uh, look, you know, I'll touch on the lands. I'll touch on the land thing though, because that's that's a that's a hot potato, mm. you know. And and uh, look, I'll just quickly touch on it now. I don't. I've. I don't know how how it would ever work in say a regional in, in like a built up area where everyone's got their you know quarter acre block of land for their home, for example. How how would that ever work? Taking away all of those types? I mean, and and of course, even in, in regional spaces where people have been like running farms for like generations too. I mean, how do you, how do you even manage something like that? It's it's just a huge thing, especially in Australia, especially in Australia. But look, one I, I wanted to touch on what a lot of people would consider um, a very controversial topic: with grandmother. Malara, and in regards to our country's three flags, and I want her opinion because, in my opinion, while I respect uh, the flags, I I just see it as extreme division in our in our country that isn't replicated anywhere in the world. But because every public building mm-hmm. in Australia runs under these now these three flags and to me you know to me i'm confused and i and and i think a lot of people are too and i think that the uh, the idea that governments are running these three flags is subversive and divisive and me personally i don't like it i don't like it if we're going to run a country if we're going to be one people then let's all let's all let's all be united under one flag because the way I see it, you know, I don't belong with two thirds of certain flags that are flying on the mast in front of in in our country. So I'm interested in grandmother Malara's opinion about
0: yeah, that flag. Yeah, I'd like to hear issue. that. Just give us your thoughts on that too before we move on.
2: We've actually had this conversation in tribal council.
0: Wow.
2: So on the one hand. It's almost like the Aboriginal flag's been politicized
0: mm, big time
2: and the Torres Strait Islander flag, um you know it represents the their country, their their dreaming, what their headgear is all about. but um certainly the Union Jack doesn't represent it represents the British. doesn't represent who we are now as a nation. Mm. There have there is actually a flag that has been designed by one of our um high level initiates. He's designed it and it's beautiful. It's actually purple and gold. And the design on it is is very balanced. But I can't speak for that. That will have to he'll have to unveil that at the right time. But it is a um, it it's a very it's a very important point and that wherever we go forward that we must decide to have a flag that represents all of our all of our um, heritage, because it must represent the heritage of this land, though. First, like that's that's the natural law of this land. Mm. But the people have come from everywhere. We've probably got, in fact, speaking of fly flying, the Chinese flag was above the New South Wales Parliament once upon a time, in recent times.
0: Victoria too I think actually but
2: anyway oh Victoria as well there you mm. go I think that's saying something folks mm. so the flag is kind of an important issue Late, uh recently I spoke to the truckies of Australia and uh bless them they were uh keen to get to get the no referendum out there which was wonderful to get their support and they asked me about the flags and I said the Eureka flag is the right flag right now because the re- I agree, I the
1: agree, Eureka grandmother. Flag yes, is the flag. Yes,
2: the four. You know, it's got um, the five points of the Southern Cross. We all come under the Southern Cross, and that's something that uh, us in Tribal Council and all the senior law men and women, for the very first time, are walking together. By the way, because of this, and we have said. Um, that our uh, creation story is comes really starts under the Southern Cross. That's the first part. I've actually written an alternative constitution, but I've called it a living agreement to go with our proclamation of sovereignty. But it's it's not for public consumption at this point in time. But anyway, the the flag, yes, the Eureka Stockade flag. Now, not only is it got the Southern Cross represented the blue of the ocean that surrounds Australia and our southern sky, but it was Eureka. It was the flag of um, defiance against a a belligerent occupier, which was the government of that time. Mm. That's where we we are now. We are still in that position. And I think the Eureka flag is the flag of of this time.
1: Yeah, interesting.
0: Well, oh, thank okay. you for yeah, and yeah, I, I like that as well, actually. Um, and thanks for thanks for sharing that. It's a good question, Andy. Um, I wanted to just um, just for the listeners out there who might still be a bit unsure, um, uh, if you can maybe just summarise very quickly, if possible, the referendum that's that's going to be coming up. I don't even know actually when it is. I, I just tried to look for it. Then I, have they even actually got a date for it yet? Do you, Do you know? I'm not too sure.
2: No, but I happened, have no. a feeling that with the, with all of us working on it in another way, spiritually, there may not be a referendum.
0: I, I actually I have that feeling as well, which is why they haven't actually got a date yet, so they, they couldn't put a deadline on it. Oh, yeah, so good good point. Okay. Um, well, hypothetically, then this referendum that may be coming up. Um, if the government is.
2: October does... November was flagged. Okay. Speaking of flags,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, the government has obviously been trying to to sell the idea of this referendum to us under the guise of inclusivity and harmony and all this sort of stuff, right? That's their selling point. But I just want to hear, just if you could break it down, uh, I guess in some simple terms, what you think this referendum is actually about. I know we've covered it in bits and pieces here, but maybe just summarise very quickly what in maybe a few sentences, what you think this referendum is actually about?
2: It's a land grab. It's to grab all of this country. Uh, It's not just... And to um, squish all rights, dissolve all rights that any of us have. As it currently stands, they can't do that because Black Australia are the custodians of this country. We are sovereign. I mean, that's not our word. Um, We would say we're boss. We're boss of the land, right? That's kind of how we say, or sovereign. So, sovereign, I think is another word that I've heard used. Okay. But uh, we have different languages across the continent. You do. Is English <laughs> at the moment, but it's um, so we are we are the boss of the land. They can't take it. Uh, however, if we come under Parliament's boss as boss of us, they can, they will, and that's their plan and it comes under the new world order agenda to take everything and and we will own nothing now we'll i don't be, and know and we'll be I happy
0: think. but i won't be happy
2: we will be happy but i don't think so <laughs> you so, will eat the
0: bugs malara you will eat the you, bugs you, you, <laughs> apparently <laughs> yeah you're right that's what it seems to be actually, all about
2: we're actually standing not just against that for ourselves none of us tribal people were asked and if you ask any of us, people say no, we don't want it. All right, we want yeah. we want to retain we retain our sovereignty. There's no way that that can ever be changed. It's in our genetic yeah. memory, yeah. our cellular memory about that.
0: I agree. I think it will always be there, whether or not something gets pushed through and there's ink on paper. To me, that in in a sense, it it is actually meaningless. That's just under their corporate law. You guys will always have, will always have this sort of this. Natural law here. It'll always the blood will always be here. You know what I mean. Um, but they just want that written down in their in their law books, so they can then do what they want to us and and have it all nice and legal under their system. You know.
2: I think the other part that we haven't talked about that you asked, what's it all about? Mm. Is that there'll be a there'll be a generate a generation of funds that will be. Uh, well, has, well, didn't um, the government say over $380 million or something they're throwing at the voice campaign? Wow. Wow. What we could do with that money. It goes to you me, show you how desperate
0: make- they are. You know what I mean? It, it, with, that of, it, with that kind of money, you know, that, 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 that to me rings desperation. If they're throwing that much money at something like that, when that kind of money could go to, you know, Think of all the things they could do with that. You know, you could be put, you could be setting up yeah. schools and hospitals, and you know what I mean. There's so many things they could do to help the actual, you know, the indigenous people of in this land That's as well.
2: Why Australians need to wake up to all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, put, follow the dots. It's like, well, that can't be right. Why would they be doing that? And the uh, and and another aspect to this is that um they. Where will I go with this I'm just thinking the another aspect we haven't actually talked about but it is in the fundraising but it is in our ba- our, our government's actually bankrupt folks and and our government doesn't have the money they they borrow it from America or somewhere else it was mm. the Vatican I think the Vatican's been shut down <laughs> hence that Jewish Israel Vatican thing mm. connection but wherever they've got their money they're doing this as a Fund, uh, to raise funds because part of their agenda is that if the yes vote went through, there's going to be a tithe on every person and every property. Two, they say the original people will never see it. It's actually going to be raising money yet again. It's almost like another tax from all of you to go into this fund that they say, oh, that's for our, our original people. Look, you know, if it looks bribe, like bullshit bribe money it, like it yeah. is,
0: yeah. Bullshit. To me, to me, that's that just sounds like a slush fund for bribery. You know, like when they need to go and pay Flash off people so they can start the mine in whatever area they want. You know, we'll just pay them off. Here, here's the money. Yeah, it's ready to go. Blank checks. You know, crazy. Um, crazy. We don't crazy.
2: want that. We don't want our, our name on that. We, mm. we It's nothing to do with us. You know, just mm. you know, I, I think it's they're in for a big trouble. Only yeah. we are the last. One standing for the world to take over so australia is the last one so we are the only people who don't have a treaty with the colonizing um, government
0: yeah cuz they did obviously they in did the it in, world. New, in new zealand like you said they did it in canada in canada to the um the inuit people over there they've um i'm pretty sure they did it in some and of the other island nations yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah, um everywhere.
2: The only one that might might hold out is Bosnia, Bosnia and that area. But oh, it's a
0: Govnia, yeah.
2: While we are holding out, they can't take over the whole world. Yeah. There is but, another agenda here that's off-planet, but I don't think we, we need to go there
0: at this point. <laughs> that's right. If you want to go there, we can go, go there. there. Like, Let's
1: go there. <laughs> you, you,
2: we're, we're
0: a lot more open-minded than you think, might think we are. We're, we're into uh, that sort right, of stuff. Well,
1: We'll make Hello. another
0: show of it, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, we tend to agree. There's, there's more There's more things at work here than what we see. Uh, more than meets the eye, as they say. Um, now, pre- we previously interviewed a guest, like I was mentioning uh, before we started our recording the show, Grandmother Malara. We previously interviewed a great mind in the old media sphere known as Max Egan. Um, and I'd like to play a snippet of that interview for you uh, and get your thoughts on what he discusses in that interview as well. Um, it goes for a couple of minutes here, so just uh, hang with me. Um, give me if, Once I hit play, if there is any sign that the audio isn't coming through, um, just let me know straight away, okay? Um, it should, though, so just bear with
4: me. All right, playing now. But, but this is a reset. This is the 100-year reset. That's right. So That's you know, that I wanted what, to bring it what, back to that point. What Gunham is doing with the tribes and all that and waiting for acknowledgement of the Privy Council is is all all good and well, but um, for that to have happened, it probably needs to have happened last year, not this year, because this year everything has changed and things are not going back to the way they were. It's taken him a little while to figure out, that actually, yeah, he, he's seen now that no, things aren't going back to the way they were. But the point is, you know, it's already been acknowledged by them. And, and the fact is that this, this government's invalid anyway. So there's nothing to stop the tribes reclaiming control of this country anyway, because it's already been acknowledged by the currently sitting power in this country as invalid as they are. It's the already high, been the acknowledged high court, that this, this law... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's already been mm. acknowledged that this is real. It's, all, it's a done deal. You know, even getting the little signing from the Privy Council is irrelevant at this point because that whole system is changing. It's all going down. Mm. So you know, we're in a really unique position on this country that we can do that. And I've, I've personally been adopted into the tribes. I've, I've been adopted into a, a Western Australian tribe, the Numbal tribe, which is up at awesome. James Price Point. And that was back in 2011, I think. I was adopted into the Numbal. So I can claim, I can claim my, my rights under tribal law because they, even that's been set under their law as well because there was a case, I think it was Barnaby Joyce, uh, and there was a, a conflict because Barnaby Joyce was born in Wales and he's an Australian politician and mm-hmm. you know, how can this be? Can he still claim his Welsh birthright and blah, blah, blah. And it was decreed by the High Court that, that a, a, um, a person retains their birthright. So he still has his Welsh birthright. So therefore, um, the tribal people still have their birthright decreed by the High Court and according to uh, adoption laws the adopted child has the same birthright as the born child so as an adopted tribal man adopted into the Numbai people i retain the same birthright as a, a born Numbai man so therefore i am completely uh, under tribal law should i choose to be so so i have a coat here that i can put on and i can i can put that coat on and i can use the instruments of the crown because I'm forced to use those instruments in order to live life, like I can have a driver's license and a registration on my car, so I can travel from A to B without getting harassed by agents of the state every five minutes. You now they force me to use those instruments, so I'll use them, but I'm not bound by them because I can take that coat off and I can step into tribal law and say, "What jurisdiction do you have on my country?" Mm. And they don't have any.
0: You know? All right, man. I need to get my ass adopted by the you can be a people that's close to me or something.
4: <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you need to find you, you need to find your tribe, your local tribe. You need to develop a rapport with them you need to find the local your lawman for that tribe and need to ask to be uh, to treaty with them or to be adopted uh, into the tribe
0: Wow, that sounds like we should we should cover that in another episode too that sounds absolutely fascinating
4: like, a good, good way to a get really, around it yeah this is a really unique position we have in this country absolutely it, it, it really is because they've acknowledged that they had no right to, uh, and even when Arthur Philip came here, the, the Queen was Queen Victoria or Queen, it was might have been King George, or whoever was the ruling monarch at the time, um, had decreed that he's, he, they weren't to, to take over the country, they would come here to, to start trade, you know, and you would leave the local people to, to their local law, you know, so... The whole thing was a, a fraud. The whole thing was a fraud right from the very beginning. And they have no jurisdiction here. It was like the boat people came and they just never left. There was never a war, there was never a treaty. There was never they just came and then they took over and, and did all this shit and they never left. Mm. You know? mm. And they've acknowledged that themselves. So they've really shot themselves in the foot. Uh, the recognition act, Julia Gillard's absolutely shot the government in the foot with the Recognition Act. You know, they recognized because they wanted to bring the tribal people into the Constitution. Oh, we've recognised that there's two mobs here, and the tribal people, the Aboriginal people, they're not under the same law that we are. So we need to bring them under our wings, so everybody's safe and looked after. You know what I mean? (laughs) All their books, and um, the tribal people just—they set it all up for that to happen. And oh, gee, because you know they set up the Sovereign Tribal Federation and and said, "Well, look, we've got this this kangaroo skin here that's got all these signatures of all these tribes, and we're a federation, and here's us, and here's you, and what are you going to do about that?" You know. And so Julia Gillard thought, oh, wow, this is – and she converged with people and then suddenly announced the Recognition Act and all this sort of stuff. And they had the big announcement in Parliament that they were going to do it, and they brought the tribal people in there. And the tribal people, as soon as they made the announcement, they said um, – no, there was a little window there where, where some papers had to be delivered onto the floor. And Gunnam and a bunch of their elders were there, and they just threw the papers over the balcony and said, there you go. Thank you for making that legal distinction. No contract. <laughs>
2: and uh it was great I love
4: it I love it. It, was, it was great you know and they were just like oh, oh yeah what, what? what
0: a massive slap of the face Tom. all right well there you go so that's what i wanted to play um for the for the listeners and for you grandmother malara it's very interesting isn't it what he what he mentions there very very smart very clever tactic i thought because they uh, it, it, what Max was talking about there was that um, I guess there was no formal recognition um, that there were was an original mob here. You know, there was the indigenous people, and very cleverly got 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 the government to admit that, and then basically said no contract. You know, you're not going to contract, we're not going to contract with you now. You now formally recognise us. We we understand that now. Uh, so I just want to get your thoughts on that and that all that snippet that I played. There it was a good interview, actually. Yeah.
2: It was. We're going to love Max Egan.
0: Yeah,
2: Dunham um, <laughs> is a very smart man. He's smarter than I think all of the constitutional lawyers put together. They know who he is. Yeah, he is a he is he is a brilliant brilliant at strategy and poli- and and the whole political um, drama, the whole thing that they set up. Uh, And he was the one that threw the papers over the balcony, yes. And this is their next effort. This is their next effort to try and get us under their Mm. jurisdiction. So at the moment, we have our own jurisdiction, tribal law, but we do come under the the corporate law, you know, for things like what Max talked about. Like a driver's
0: licence and whatever else, yep.
2: Many of our people, in fact, if not, all of them, are walking two laws anyway, but, but especially where tribal law is still active, it's less active in, in in the lower part of Australia, the southern part of Australia. It's more active in the northern part of Australia. It depends on where the massacres happen. So there was one bit piece that he missed. There is, you know, when the when the occupiers came, they then proceeded to murder. Uh, uh, the native people, and it was Queen Victoria who actually wrote the instructions and said the directive: "You're not to touch the native people. Mm. They have their own. You know, they are leave them alone." And here's another piece of interest: the first constitution that was drafted took a while to to ship the actual paperwork back to the British Empire for Queen Victoria to sign it, into to enact it, but she died before she signed it, before she could sign it. So in actual fact, it's not signed. Wow. I don't even know. I don't think it's even legal either, just by the way. Wow. So there's there's some very interesting, intriguing intrigue behind all of this agenda. And you know what? We need to throw it all up in the air, just like all the flags, uh, let them land somewhere, bury them, and start almost start again, but with um, our our own history and history
0: yeah
2: in the background to actually
0: yeah as uh, the basis for for a way problems. way of life yeah exactly yeah we can't
2: go this way because we can't go that way because but this is the way we need to go mm. we are a, a multi you know a multi uh, what do they call what do they call multicultural a multicultural um, community. We have our our culture. We have lots of other people from other countries who brought their culture with them. It's a multicultural community, and we're not against that so much as we don't want our culture to be overridden,
0: yeah, or by, diminished
2: by it, in, or diminished. Thank you, mm. by something that's been introduced. Mm. Let's learn together, walk together in harmony and it can be done but it needs the goodwill of all people yeah. for that to happen yeah and i think we've got to get rid of the government frankly
0: <laughs> i couldn't agree more yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> well said. Um, one last thing i wanted to bring up before we uh, begin to wrap up the show um and i've got my own thoughts on this too um so and i will share them but i wanted to put it to I might just throw it to Andy first just to see what his thoughts are on this. So just unmute yourself there, Andy, and then we'll come back to Grandmother Malar and I'll and I'll wrap it up to finish there. Here's a here's a question that I don't think a lot of people have even actually pondered about this topic. Is why now? Andy, I'll throw it up to you first. Why now? Why do you think they're pushing this now?
1: Well, like I've always said, it's all a business plan. <laughs> Ever since the start of COVID, and they've yeah. run the co- they've run the COVID operation, like obviously. And don't you think that it sort of just follows on nicely behind it? Yeah, you know, um, uh, you know, I think you've touched on the thing with the lithium mining too. I think that's actually going to become. A multi-billion-dollar industry, like ver- in the, in the next ten years, well, the push
0: is for all the zero-emission stuff. So they've got to get that lithium um, from somewhere, don't
1: they? And they they basically want to exactly like what Grandmother Malara just said. They want to steal all of the land. They want to have open mining rights. They want to like get into those billions of dollars worth of like mining revenue, and the people can go get stuffed. Black, white, brown skinned people—they'll put us all in a hole and cover it all over if they can get their way. You know, mm-hmm. like
2: that—that—that was they- that the jab. Yeah, yeah, the- exactly.
1: And all of those Jewish bankers and everything that are behind the whole the whole voice and the whole thing, they all know what they have to do to achieve their goals. And it's all corporatization and it's all about making money. And Australia is just the big sand pit, but they want to dig into it and do whatever the hell they want. Hmm. And that's, that's simply the whole story. They have, no,
0: they have no allegiance to this land, do they, Andy?
1: None whatsoever. They're offshore entities. They have no allegiance. It's the same you, as as you, 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 General, haven't got any allegiance in China or in Israel. They don't care. There's nothing about this country that they care less about. It's all about, it's all a corporate, corporate entities, and corporate entities don't have a soul or a spirit. Mm. So that, and that's, you see, that's how they behave. And Interesting. Like it's, it's, you see it clearly. It's a, it's a satanic construct as well. Well, so um, I, I
0: think you've laid the groundwork there. I'm, I'm going to, actually, we, we, might, cross to, we, we <laughs> might cross to Grandmother Malara last, actually, to wrap this up and get her final thoughts because I might just add on to that a little bit too. In terms of the question of why now, I, I and I, you did touch on it a bit there that this follows on nicely from the whole COVID um, scandemic and everything else as well. But I just think. That um, look at look at look at society at the moment. Look at what look at all the things that they're banging on about now. That's all about inclusivity. It's all they're, they're banging on all about this now. You know, my kids have to cop it at school all the time about you know all, all the LBG two Q rainbow nonsense, all this sort of stuff. You know what I mean? It's all about accepting everyone for everything, and everyone should be all under the same. We're all equal. All this sort of stuff. That. So they've been priming this for the last couple of years, Andy, and they did that on the back of COVID. But that's the, that's they've been pushing this. Uh, you've probably noticed they've been pushing that really hard lately. I mean, look what um, happened down in, in the Parliament of Victoria just recently. You now they all the people were 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 getting very crabby about all of the drag queen uh, story readings in libraries and public places. So the people got upset about it. They they put a stop to it. They listened to the people there. And, You know what did the Parliament do? Oh, they held it in Parliament, didn't they? They had drag queens coming into their Victorian Parliament house to reading to children in Parliament. And Daniel Andrews is up there banging on about how wonderful it is. And now everyone else are all bigots. You've got to be accepting of everyone. and So that's this whole umbrella now. It's all, I think it's all about this. They've realised they're going to try and ride the wave of this inclusivity wave, right? So we need to include everyone and everything. And now all of a sudden, oh, I think they've gone. Now's a good time to try and squeak this through. They couldn't have done it prior. They couldn't have done it during COVID. They had to wait for that that to finish, and for this this wave now to to try and ride this wave. Because if you don't go, if you don't go with the yes for, if you, you know, if you go against the yes and you say no, well, you're not being inclusive. That's what it's all about. They're going to ride this wave hard because they know people are going to fall for it. There, there are. There are numerous amounts of these numbskulls in the public that are the wandering zombies that are walking around. The NPCs that we refer to them as that have no idea what's really going on. They don't know the the true agenda to this. They they just wander around thinking, "Oh, everyone, we've got to be we've got to be inclusive, do we, government? Okay, that's the next thing." Thanks, government. You know, they just go along with frigging everything without opening their mind and can and uh, you know thinking critically. That's why I think they're doing this now. I think they've realized that, that the wave has come it's, it's it's right behind their shoulder we've got to get on that surfboard and ride that wave in and they're going to try and push that through in, and get their agenda and again it fits into getting it in before 2030 you know what i mean the 2030 agenda everything has to be zero emission everything's going to be carbon neutral everything's going to be this well they need to power that revolution don't they and like you said that ties straight into the mining part which grandmother malara brought up earlier they need lithium to power that agenda, don't they? Where are they going to get that from? There's only like what I think Afghanistan and Australia are the two biggest lithium um, sources in the world. You know what I mean? Um, and of course, they you are know, using children to mine the cobalt to go along with that in uh, in uh, the Congo there as well. Um, that's what I mean. Like they, they've got to fund this. They've got to they've got a bankroll this, which is all the Jewish agenda behind it as well. That's why I think the 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 answer to that question is that's why it's now. Yeah, that's my opinion. And I'll, I'll, I'll we'll throw it to grandmother Malara if you've heard what we've had to say about that particular um, questionnaire. Um, we'll wrap it up with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, grandmother Malara?
2: I, I agree with you, and I'd add even more.
0: Please <laughs> pile it on.
2: <laughs> I think that there is a pedophilia agenda which we yeah. haven't talked about, mm. but that is showing itself. Where is that being allowed? All that drag queen talking and and going on—that's oh, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That is about following up and grooming children. Yep, yep. The whole pedophile uh, agenda that's running alongside all of this. Uh, we have so we've got the Jewish bankers, we've got the pedophile agenda, we've got the uh, mind control, so the dumbing down of a population of people, uh, mind control who, who may have taken the jab. The COVID, by the way, was just uh, was the strategy to get people to take the jab. Yeah. Because the jab is a bioweapon. Correct, yeah. And it is uh, designed to kill us within five years, but it's also d- designed to depopulate us. It's also designed for our children not to be fertile. Mm.
0: so they It's a generational really... weapon, that's right.
2: A generational weapon. And so... And then to normalise uh, pedophilia is a is a no-go no mm. for us. We just cannot go that way. And I really ask parents to talk to their children about the realities of what's going, about them holding their own counsel and not putting themselves in a situation where they could be attacked by their peers, but actually to hold their own counsel mm. and to recognise what is the truth here and what is the propaganda. And the... There's even another part to this, which is that they're developing cyborgs, a cyborg, a transhuman agenda.
0: Mm, Absolutely.
2: That they're trying to grow the next generations of what we might think is human, is actually human, uh, you know, 0.4 version. That Actually, they're going to be uh, mind-controlled. They're going to be... uh, able to, just as we're going to be controlled if we say yes, we're going to be controlled in, in, in jurisdiction-wise, but also the human agenda, the change of the human is is to become non-human. Mm. And I think that that is actually a very serious agenda that uh, is all part of this.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's trying try to separate us. And- yeah. <laughs> well, they're trying to separate us off the land, aren't they? It's all about separating, getting us away from that the land belongs to us and we belong to the land. It's, it becomes, well, you know, it's now technology. We belong to technology. They're trying to emerge humanity with technology, hence the technocratic agenda as well, which we've spoken about many times in the show. I'm um, hoping to get Patrick Woods uh, from technocracy.news on the show soon as well. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, I, I, I yeah, I tend to agree. I think um, that's I think you've pulled that on top just as well yeah very well said um andy i didn't have anything else um left for the uh for the interview um would you have any further questions or anything you'd like to say to grandmother malara before we leave the show uh
1: no i think we've covered it all really well and look i thank you grandmother malara we love you sister and like we look forward to catching up again sometime soon
2: oh thank you i love you too brothers and well it's just one thing we haven't mentioned is the pharmaceutical, but that's for another time.
1: Yeah, I think we uh, might don't don't worry, we've we've covered it a lot.
2: Uh, <laughs> including the burning of the witches. The burning of the witches was was to to um reduce natural medicines and therapies. Yeah, it um, was well,
0: that's a, Yeah. Attack on the natural natural order and natural way of things. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, they've been um, at this for
2: a long time.
0: They have. We might um we might I think maybe a little bit closer to if 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 they do have a date set for this referendum if they do get that far we might try and touch base again with you Um,
1: yeah
0: Yeah. we definitely will we'll 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 sit in circle again we'll have a chat to you and and listen to some wise words and and try and get that information out to as many people as possible um yeah i i just want to say thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure um talking with you and meeting you um Yeah, uh, we'll treasure this always and we'll share this out to as many people as we can as well. Grandmother Malara, uh, again, a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for your time. Um, Yeah, we look forward to chatting again soon.
2: Thank you and blessings to all. Thank you.